On episode 481 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Brian Barrera and discuss his book, The Ultimate Guide to Running with Your Dog, Tips and Techniques for Understanding Your Canine's Fitness and Running Temperament. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 481. Have you decided you're ready to make a change? To reclaim your health and fitness, the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is here for you. I'm your host, Alan Meisner. I'm an NSAM certified personal trainer with a specialization in corrective exercise and fitness nutrition. Let me be your coach as you find your way on your health and fitness journey. All right, let's go. If you're ready to lose weight and keep it off, you need to check out the 40 Plus Fitness 12-Week GAS program. GAS stands for Guidance, Accountability, and Support. It is a special program that is helping people just like you lose weight in a fully customized, sustainable way. I currently have two openings in this small group program, so don't delay. Go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash GAS. Tell me a little bit about yourself, and we'll get on a call to see if the GAS program is right for you. 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash GAS. Hey, Raz. How are things going? Good, Alan. How are you today? I'm doing okay. Uh, it's been a busy week, but not nearly as busy as your week. You've got some pretty exciting news. Yeah, yeah. I just got my RRCA running coach certification. So now I am officially a running coach and I'm pretty excited about it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's pretty cool. It is. It is. It was a great class. I learned a lot. And of course, I knew a lot because I've been running for 20 years, but it was um, really a good class and very informative. And so now I feel very ready to be able to coach somebody. Perfect. All right. Mm. Well, let's get into our conversation today, which is also about your favorite topic, running. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Our guest today is the co-founder and owner of the DC Dog Runner, which specializes in running with dogs to promote health and fitness through vigorous exercise. Starting with their first client, Diesel, he and his wife have built DC Dog Runner into a 12-person operation that runs more than 50 dogs per week. With no further ado, here's Brian Barrera. Brian, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you. How are you, Alan? I'm doing great. Um, I just finished reading your book, uh, The Ultimate Guide to Running with Your Dog, Tips and Techniques for Understanding Your Canine's Fitness and Running Temperament. And I, I got this book. I, I you know, sought this book. When I saw it, I was like, okay, there, there we go. One is I, I know that I need to start building up my own cardiovascular fitness. I, I love going into the gym and lifting heavy weights. My dog can't do that with me. Um, <laughs> he can hang out and watch. Uh, but you know, I love lifting weights. I need to do some more cardio and, and I have this new dog and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about him in a, a little bit, but you know, he has all this energy. He's, he's just about a year old. And so I'm, I'm like, I need to go do something with him. I need to get, keep him busy, uh, because he's chewer and he's, you know, a little destructive. And so there's some behavior things I want to deal with just, but just also the energy. He's obviously a fit dog that needs to be active. And so I want to give him that opportunity, but rather than me go out and do my runs and then come back and do something active with him, I just thought it would make sense if we could do it together. So when I saw your book on running with your dog, I was like, yeah, this is, this is something I want to get into. Awesome, man. I think, yeah, you found the right spot then. I think that's a, that's a, 
an interesting thing. You know, we've, we've run dogs for people who are marathoners and there, it is a different kind of running. So that you've already sort of made that uh, observation that it is going to be a little bit different because there is a preference to kind of go want to run on your own. And for whatever reason, people like to run, whether it's to check out, to listen to podcasts, to listen to music and get amped, whatever that is, it is different because it is about the relationship between you and the dog on top of being healthy and physically fit. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I kind of brushed on the topic of, of reasons that you want to run with your dog. Could you dive into that a little bit more? I mean, dogs need structure and they need something and, and running can be a part of that. Can you kind of give us kind of the lay of the land? What, what benefits is our dog going to get, uh, from a running regime with us? Of course. So, I mean, all number of reasons that people kind of contact us or contract us to run with their dogs, and they usually fall into two categories. Um, it's the the physical side, you know, they're overweight. Um, maybe they just had an injury they're recuperating from something like that, or sort of the mental side. And that's where you'll see it manifest as anxiety, destructive tendencies, hyperactivity, you know, kind of, those are the two basic camps that it, that it kind of falls between. Um, but I think going out and going for runs is a solution for a lot of dogs, but I'm very clear to say that it is not the solution for everyone. So, there is a, a bit of understanding who you are as a runner, what your goals are as a runner, and if that links up and fits with what your dog's capacity for that is, and really checking your ego. I know you talked about lifting a lot of weights. You know, there are days when you know you can push it, just like runners, and dogs are just like humans. There are days you have good days running, you have bad days running, and being able to be self-aware, identify those things is going to put you in the best position to do that successfully long-term. Okay. So when we, I mean, I, I, I kind of get, you know, cause it's, it's kind of a mantra in the fitness environment. Uh, you know, you go ahead and you by, by burning some energy, you're burning some calories and, you know, for managing the calories mm-hmm. we're giving our dog and we're running our dog a little bit, you know, they're staying healthy. Uh, they're, they're maintaining the, the appropriate weight. And we can talk to our veterinarian about, you know, what our actual food should be and, and how often and how much they should eat. Um, but on the behavioral side, can we dive a little deeper there? Because I, I, you know, in, in the book, I was like, you know, this, this solves a lot of problems. People will get a puppy and it's cute and then it's destructive. Uh, and then it's, it's doing other <laughs> things that we don't necessarily want it to do. And, uh, you can train the dog, obviously you can, you know, with enough work and effort, you can train a dog, but running is going to do some things that make that whole effort much better. Yeah. I think it, it helps to step back a little bit and think about sort of what was the purpose for dogs when they originally kind of became companions for people, right? Originally they were useful on farms or doing work. You know, they had jobs and that was sort of the, they earned their keep, right? It wasn't just like what it's become over the last sort of like 50 years where we just kind of take care of them and love them. And like, it's our job to provide the things for them. Like people didn't have maybe the, the, the funds, you know, there were, I think in the book somewhere I wrote as well about, and if I didn't, I meant to, <laughs> dogs of like leisure dogs like that were for sort of the the upper class people and people that had dogs that were sort of middle class they needed them to to do work you couldn't just afford to feed a dog they needed to go out there and help you round up cattle or they needed to help you on you know if they were running out with the um what the the firefighters or you know they had jobs and slowly over time that's kind of gone away but that instincts and that desire to work is still within them. So what we've noticed is when they do go for a structured run, and when I say that, you know, on leash with you intentionally for 30 or 60 minutes, 
Um, and it can go further than that, but that's sort of for the purpose of like the conversation what our comp- within the context of what our company does, 30 and 60 minutes, we can see a change in them sort of on the run. And you can see the anxiety or whatever is manifesting that that they are not getting. If they're not getting enough exercise, if they're not getting whatever it is, you can see it on the run switch in them from okay, we're out here having fun. I'm zooming across left and right, trying to sniff every tree, trying to bark at everything. And they get so lasered and focused on the run because that is their work to them. And it's, I think it's calling to that like internal like bygone era of what they used to do. So it's really phenomenal to see when you can get into a groove um, with your dog. And then just like how effortless they can really bang out those miles once they have sort of gotten trained up. Yeah. You know, it's funny you, you, in the, in the book, you talked about how Dalmatians were used to basically run in front of the, the firemen. Uh, so people knew they mm-hmm. were coming and would and clear out of the way, you know, every picture I've ever seen of a Dalmatian, they're sitting <laughs> in a fire truck. They're not, they're not <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, okay. So yeah, they kind of lost their job somewhere along the way. Um, and, and now we need to give them some structure, some function. And then that mm-hmm. kind of just becomes their, their job. And, you know, they begin to identify as, okay, this is, this is our, my duty. This is my thing I do. And that gives them that purpose. And, and therefore they can burn off the, the energy feeling productive. Right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Now there are some breeds that you don't want to run. And there are also some times when you might not want to run a, a dog or, or, or any dog or even, or maybe just some breeds. Can you kind of get into a bit of which dogs should not run? And then again, if there's times and, and, and weather and things like that, that where we don't want them to run, uh, that we, we understand that as well. Yes. And there are three general groups that I've sort of broken it down to, and they're all with their own qualifiers. I think to set the tone off the top, I always say all dogs can run. It's just a matter of how us finding out how we can do that safely and for how long and how fast, right? So the first group that is sort of a a full stop under 12 months, um, which is actually a very sort of like tricky conversation to have because that puppy energy is real, man. They got, the the dogs want to get after it. They start, they're super cute in the beginning and then they get a little destructive and then they just need to amp up and go. And the the idea is like, well, I'll just take this dog out. We'll get them tired. Like running seems to be able to do that. Um, But the letting them out to go and run around a dog park and taking them out and throwing the ball is a very different activity and running style than going out on a sustained run for 30 minutes where you're pounding the pavements, that repetitive activity. And that's because for the, the pups, especially their growth space is still growing. Um, their muscle is still, you know, being packed on their ligaments are being stretched out and their joints are actually really susceptible to being, um, misshapen if you do that kind of impactful running. So, if you take your dog out on a run one time for a couple miles, not going to do any harm. But if you're going to do that, if, if it's a part of your lifestyle, that's when the things become problematic. So, you know, Brian, the person says, yeah, you can take your dog out and take them on a short little trot, you know, around the block and just introduce it. I think that's more than ha- uh, fine and healthy. But to do the kind of running that like Brian, the business owner does, that's a bad fit. And we will not do that. The second group um, are dogs that are called brachycephalic. Um, and the best way to kind of like say it is like they have smushed noses. Uh, most of those dogs are like pugs and bulldogs and things like that. And those people sort of like self-select out. They're, they're not really looking to run their own dogs. They, they just kind of tell like this dog doesn't want to run. And anytime I do, it looks like he's just like had it because of that snorting and chortling and all that, you know, you know, the sounds. Yeah. Um, but the one we have, you know, conversations about are boxers. And I know we talked about this a little bit. Boxers 
are incredible athletes, physical specimens. They are super like athletic, but they also have the smush noses. And I think, again, this is where I answer sort of in two ways, like back to the original point where it's us determining how fast and how far boxers have a need to have such specific attention paid to them while you're running that it's not good for us as a company to run them. So our decision has been, it's not the best fit for us. And it's not that they're not a good fit for us. It's that we're not a good fit for them. Actually, we can't get them, give them the individualized attention because everything that we do is on leash um, here in Washington, DC. Those are just the laws. Um, and we do pack style running um, just as like a function of like business, like being, you know, solvent and like growing and, and things like that. So going out for a run with your boxer is more than fine. I think what you need to look at are the extremities are going to be sort of a little tighter. So you're not going to get above, you know, sort of that 80, 85 degrees. Like you want to make sure that the the temperature is like sort of perfect. You want to be in that like 40 degree to like 70, 75 degree range. And then you're also going to be making sure that you are paying attention to the nonverbal cues because everything that we're doing with these guys is nonverbal. You want to make sure that you're watching their tongue. The tongue is the first indicator. If they are in control of that thing, you're fine. Keep going. And when they're dark, even if it's out of the mouth and it's darting back and forth, the moment you see it sort of lagging and out to the side, and you can tell they're just trying to move that tongue out of the way so that they can bring air in. Um, that's when you have to like slow down, start the walk and maybe call it for a run. And that can come a lot sooner because that's the function, the mechanism by which like dogs cool themselves. So what we can do, what we can't do by by the on the on the business side of things, we can't like sacrifice the run for the other dogs, and because it's not fair to them to to cut their run short because one of the others can't keep up, and it's not that physically boxers can't keep up, it's that we just can't take them out solo. Um, so I think boxers are a fantastic run, and I think that's one that that I get questions for a lot. And then the last one are the geriatric dogs, and that one is actually really interesting to see because there are some dogs that have come to us sort of in that eight and nine year old range that a lot of families are like, you know what? I think he's kind of had it. He's shot. He's got a gimp. He's got a limp or whatever. Um, and then there's some that have been active their entire lives and have started running with us when they were six or something. And they're still running with us until they're 12, you know, 13 years old. And obviously you slow down a little bit, or maybe you don't go quite as often, but they can still do it. And it's sort of like how we are as humans. Like if you've spent a lifetime taking care of yourself, eating well, resting, building your body so that it's strong as you age, you're only going to be able to continue doing those things in some capacity, right? Yeah. This episode is sponsored by Exoskin Performance Athletic Apparel. There's nothing more frustrating than getting blisters or chafing on a run. It's painful, annoying, and disrupts training. I used to get blisters all the time. I've tried every sock in the market, used all the lubrication products, and even taped my feet. Finding Exoskin traditional and toe socks saved my feet. Exoskin is seamless athletic apparel that is 100% made in the USA. Every Exoskin product features their two patented fibers, PTFE and copper, which reduces friction, rapidly wicks moisture, and dries really fast. Exoskin makes a full line of apparel to cover you from head to toe. All the products are breathable and don't shift while running, which means no blisters or chafing. I've worn exoskin socks through water puddles, mud, and in the snow, and my feet have stayed warm and blister-free even when wet. I can't emphasize enough how much of a game changer the exoskin has been for me. Give exoskin apparel a try and use the discount code 40 plus. 
40PLUS for 20% off your order. Go to www.exoskin.us and place your order using the discount code 40PLUS. Every Exoskin product is backed by a 30 day money back guarantee. Try it for 30 days, and if you're not totally convinced, they'll give you a full refund. Once you give it a try, let me know what you think. Okay. So basically if I have a dog and I'll, I'll, I actually have two, we have two. And so the first one I'll talk about is, is Angel. Okay. So Angel is a German shepherd. Uh, she's about nine years old. We got her as a rescue. And when we first got her, she already had some problems with her knees. Um, so mm-hmm. we went through knee surgeries with her. Um, she also has a spinal problem in, her, in, her, in the bottom of her spine, so some nerve damage there. So she's got some some issues, and I I wouldn't see her running for for some you know those reasons. Mm-hmm. Place, yeah, because she's nine years old, so uh, not something that I feel like I you know obviously I could walk her more, spend more time on the beach with her. You know, she won't chase a ball to save her life. She just looks at you like, why did you throw that? I don't know what you're doing. But another dog gets a ball and suddenly she wants to take the ball from the other dog. So uh, she can play. She can have some fun. And and we just recently got um, a uh, another rescue. Um, didn't really intend to have another dog, but uh, he needed a home. <laughs> and so he has a home. And he's about a year old. Uh, best we can tell, he's probably a mix uh of a, maybe a boxer and a pit bull. So it's not the complete smush nose of a, a boxer, but it's kind of in the middle of that build of a you know, good, strong, muscular dog right at about a year old. And he just has more energy than the sun. And I know there's, I got to do something with him. He, he, he will chew things up. I've already lost a, a pair of water shoes. Um, and my wife has lost uh, some things. So, uh, we, we need to get, we need to give him some, some, some deals. So, um, he's short hair, but we live in Panama. So, you know, morning runs would, would probably put us in that 70, uh, degree weather. Yeah. Uh, but obviously I couldn't stay out too long with him because it would start to warm up and I just have to be very careful and watch him. So I appreciate that. So all that kind of makes sense to me now, uh, as we went through this now, uh, the other thing I liked in the book was what one, I guess you give, you gave a lot of, uh, practical advice. So, you know, you're going to want to kit up, you're going to want to have a, the, the right leash. You're going to want to have, you know, some, some supplies and things brought with you, water for you, water for the dog, different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just the skill of, of running with the dog, which is a, a whole new thing for me to learn, which I love. Um, but the core thing I, I got in the book and I was like, okay, so now I want to do this run. You even include guidelines there of saying, okay, so over the next six weeks, let's, let's get your dog ready to go from, as you said, doggy couch to 5k. Um, and in looking mm-hmm. at the program, it kind of fits almost exactly how I would train someone, albeit I think the dog will accelerate <laughs> through this a little bit faster than, than we might. Uh, but can you kind of talk about your, your, your prep that it's like a six week program to kind of get your dog into running shape? Of course. And, uh, you know, I think you nailed the, you nailed it on the head there. It is sort of based on, on what we have done as, as runners and, and getting from couch to 5k for us too. That's definitely what I modeled it after. Um, and I've found that a lot of those things work for them too. And you are also right that dogs pick this up so much quicker and they, they can bounce back a lot quicker than you. So I think it's so deliberate. I thought it was better to write it sort of in this way where it's maybe a little long for most, um, sort of as to not discourage those that weren't seeing the results of like a four week program. Right. So I thought, People can look at their dog and modify it 
and sort of scale it up if they needed to, because they're going to have those sort of next steps. If they're saying like, actually my dog is sort of chewing up this like two minute walk, four minute, you know, in week three, like Tic Tacs, I think we can sort of maybe bump it up a little bit quicker. So that's kind of why I modeled it after like a six week thing, which is like, okay, that's a reasonable amount of time that you're going to commit to like doing this. But if you needed to, you can always bump it up a little bit quicker because you're going to have that uh, written there. Whereas if I'd written it over like a four week, you know, maybe somebody's like, well, what do I do in between here? This is a big jump. My dog seems not ready, but he seems like perfectly capable of doing what's here. So I think that's why I ended up doing it sort of that extended out um, weeks. Um, was there anything specific about sort of the plan or, or anything like that? Happy to, to flush that out for you. Well, what, what I what I thought was really good about it was you, you committed a given amount of time to each workout. So it's mm-hmm. like 30 minutes. You go out with your dog. It's a, it's a walk, run, walk kind of program, which is very common in the couch to 5k. It's, it's what, uh, Jim, uh, Jim Galloway, Jeff Galloway did, you know, his, one of his major programs for, for running. Um, and so as Mm -hmm. I was, as I was kind of looking through it, I was like, okay, yeah, this is a little bit more ambitious than I think a person would want, but that's actually part of maybe the coolness of all this is knowing that your dog (laughs) has that resilience. You could do your own five to K for a human. Mm-hmm. and do the half hour. And then that becomes your structured half hour. Now, once you get your fitness up to a point with your dogs, the dog's going to be able to keep up with you. The dog's going to be able to recover as fast, if not faster than we do, especially those of us over 40. So I just thought it was a really good program in the book to be able to go through and say, okay, here's some structure if I'm just not quite sure. Um, but then you did touch on something I think that's also equally important. Pay attention. Um, your dog's going to be giving you some nonverbal cues, uh, that we're going too fast, or it might be telling you, Hey, ratchet it up, dude. We're going to, we, <laughs> we got miles to cover. Um, yeah. On the, um, so something you brought up there, uh, why I did it in time increments as opposed to mileage. I know there's a, a few others out there and there's no shortage of like information about sort of things like this as well. Why I did it for a duration as opposed to a, a mileage is when, like us, if we can institute routines and sort of make things follow a plan for them, they're only going to benefit from that because they know, hey, we're going to be out here for this amount of time every other day or three times a week or whatever it is that you decide is the best start for you guys, right? And I think instituting that commitment to the routine is also going to help them mentally prepare for like what they're about to go do. So I think it was twofold. You know, if you go out and we're just going to do it for a mile and the dog's not going to actually make it a mile, well, that's bad news. And you're going to feel sort of like a failure. So it's almost like hacking your systems in, in your, in, inside of you internally that can help you stay committed to the plan. Yeah. Well, cause if I told Buster, Hey, we're going to run for a mile and we're going to walk for a mile. Buster's not going to have any idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but, but if exactly. I go out there with Buster and I'm walking for, you know, for my, my two minutes and, and Buster's cool with that. I'm like, okay, Buster, let's go. And then we run for two minutes. Then he, he knows that's what we've done. And we make that cycle. So for that whole week, that's my three runs. He gets comfortable exactly. with that. And then it's like, okay, we walk for two minutes and now we're going to run for three. And he, he figures out, okay, we went for three. Now, if I had a, a big, fast dog, uh, maybe, and I'm a big, fast runner, if I was, uh, maybe I'm covering, you know, a mile or, or more, you know, in that, in that time uh, that I'm running. Uh, maybe I'm not. Maybe I have a smaller dog or a slower dog or the dog that needs a little bit more uh, patience and pace. And so we're, we're not quite 
putting in the miles the way you would think. But you know, a good 30-minute workout three times a week is, is going to be beneficial to you and obviously now beneficial to your dog. Exactly. Brian, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest, and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? One, self-awareness, listening to your body, you know, finding out what like a long-term ache and pain is. You know, sometimes we're not always feeling our best when we get out there, and I get that. Um, and listening to if something's barking at you continuously, go get it looked at. There's no sense in, in sort of beating yourself down and, and making it a, a longer-term problem. Uh, second, getting rest. I think that's one of those ones that everybody kind of says. It's sort of like when people talk about eating and, you know, g- uh, gains are made in the in the gym, right, for your stomach or, or in the kitchen for your stomach, right? You know, everybody wants those abs. Um, and then especially given what we do, drinking plenty of water, staying hydrated for both you and the pup, honestly. Uh, so drinking water, getting rest, having the self-awareness to just listen to your body, I think are the best things you can do for, for your health. All right. Well, Brian, if someone wanted to learn more about you, learn more about the book, The Ultimate Guide to Running with Your Dog, or DC Dog Runner, which is your your dog running company, where would you like for me to send mm-hmm. them? So they can, you know, they can find the book. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's at Target. It's um, Barnes & Noble. I think it'll be at, in, in a number of pet stores as well. Um, and then dcdogrunner.com is a great, you know, resource. I'm always happy to just have conversations with people about dog running. Um, if you like pictures of very cute dogs on runs, uh, DC dog runner, I guess it's DC underscore dog underscore runner, uh, on Instagram actually. Um, so any of those places are great and just connecting with people is something that I enjoy doing. So, you know, any questions I've answered many questions in the, in the, in the comment sections or in direct messages, I'm always happy to sort of give my opinion. You know, I talk about being a generalist um, and I haven't run with your dog necessarily, but I can definitely give you uh, all the tips and techniques for understanding your canine's fitness and running temperament. (laughs) Well, the book was definitely a a really good resource. Uh, It's something that I'm going to pay attention to uh, as I start trying to put together a program for, uh, for Buster and myself. So thank you so much for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. Of course. Thank you for having me on. Welcome back, Raz. Hey, Alan. What a fun conversation you had. And that yeah. sounds like a really good book. It, it is a good book. Uh, he talks about, you know, some of the tools and things that you would have. And he talks about, you know, just how to get your dog, know, you know, get know your dog uh, so you, you can run with your dog. And, you know, uh, just some of the things that we discussed before and after the conversation there, he I, I still don't feel confident that I can run with my dog. Uh, oh, no. You know, it, it's not the book's fault. It's, 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 it's the dog's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, he has no understanding of, of most anything. And, and mm-hmm. while I know he's trainable, it's just I, I know he's going to cut in front of me. I know he's mm. going to see a cat or a bird and want to take mm-hmm. off. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I would just say if you're, and you've got some experience with this, but if you're, you're mm-hmm. going to start running with your dog, it, it's a slow process. And I know he puts a kind of a couch to 5k for doggies version in there. Uh, <laughs> it, that's if you're already a pretty strong runner, you've got good balance, everything's optimal and you have a good place to, to train your dog, mm-hmm. you know, around here, I really wouldn't have the, anything that w- I would feel confident other than running up and down the beach, uh, mm-hmm. would be about the only place I would feel safe. And then sure. it would be a trial and error of trying different leashes and just mm-hmm. doing different things to a point where I, I would feel comfortable that, uh, he wasn't going to take me for a spill. 
Right. And that actually probably would be a good place to start uh, training him. And I do have a little bit of experience. When I first got my dog, Stella, she was about a year old. She was a rescue and she was picked up as a stray, which means she had no manners, no commands, no behaviors, and certainly no experience on a leash. So when I hooked her up to a leash for the first couple of times, she pulled like a fish on a line. It was an awful lot like fishing. She would be in front of me a couple of feet and zigzagging all over the road, smelling at things, looking at things. And then she would come to an abrupt stop. And I did a couple of Supermans over her with getting a little bit of road rash. She tripped me a few times. And that's when I started to do some research and uh, we put her on a, a gentle leader collar, which I really recommend for, for new time dogs that need to get used to walking and running on a leash because that puts all of the control on, their, um, on you. Their neck muscles are really weak and a gentle leader goes around their nose and above the upper part of their head, like behind their ears. And their neck, mus neck muscles are really weak. So um, if you want to start, change direction, stop, any command, um, they'll feel it. They'll feel it really quickly. You'll have a lot of command that way. And we use that with Stella. We went on a lot of walks and it took a lot of practice and a lot of commands. And, and they're learning how to walk on a leash. And um, the command for walk and the, and we, Stella knows the command for run. And so she knows a different way to behave when we have her on a leash. Yeah. But that, that took considerable patience. This was not a, I'm going to yes. go out and start running with my dog tomorrow. This is mm -hmm. a, we're going to go out and we're going to, we're going to do a little bit of running here and I'm going to mm -hmm. teach a little bit and, and a good, good tip on that leash. Cause I've, I've got one of those retractables, which is something he definitely recommends you don't have if you're right. trying to run with the dog. Yeah. Uh, he will see something and forget that he has this leash on and just take off <laughs> at a dead run. And you know, unfortunately, you know, when he gets two, three steps in, he's already full speed and I'm not going to let go of the leash. So, you know, he does right. a 360 um, and then looks back at me like, what, what just happened? And I'm like, mm -hmm. it's still on the leash, dude. <laughs> still mm -hmm. on the leash. <laughs> yep. And, and that takes total practice. And I, and I, retractable leashes can be really dangerous for you and the dog because it's easy to lose grip of that plastic handle. So um, now with Stella, I have her walking on my left. That way I'm facing traffic and I'm on the road and she's on my left side. So she would be on the inside of the shoulder. That way she can't dart in front of a car or into traffic or for any, which she wouldn't, but cause I've trained her, but, um, but I'm on the side facing the traffic and um, so I have her directly on my left. I want her head where my knee is. That way she won't dart in front of me and trip me like she has in the past. And that way um, I have a tighter rein on her leash. There's a shorter leash and I have a little bit more control over it as well. So she, so they can't dart out in front of you. And like you said, the leash goes to full length and then they get a rude awakening <laughs> and you have your arm ripped out of your shoulder. So if you have a shorter leash on your left, that would be one thing to try. Although I know a lot of dogs out there who can run ahead of a runner and they'll stay ahead of a runner without stopping and without pulling, but it just depends on the personality of the dog and, and their relationship with the owner. Yeah. Well, Brutus, I mean, Buster, he's, um, 
<laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say we're not we're not having we're not under the best of terms right now. It's, it's, been, it's not been the best dog. He likes to tear up uh, Tammy's plants, and she gets uh, angry, and then of course, yeah. you know, unhappy wife, uh, unhappy life. So you know, yeah, yeah, I, I I definitely know I need to get him out there, get some exercise. You know, it might just be, and this is this is another thing that Brian talked about was sometimes just running your dog is is quite literally what everybody else does, and it's just mm-hmm. playing fetch. You know, yeah. let the dog get out and just free run and play mm-hmm. fetch with it because that's the temperament of the dog and and how that dog's gonna get healthy, stay healthy, and and be active mm-hmm. and. You know, what I've found with dogs is if you start running down the beach on your own, the dog's going to run along with you. So, you know, if you can and, you know, make sure you're obeying any kind of leash laws and things like that. But, um, you know, basically giving that dog the freedom to kind of play with you, if you will, uh, might actually be that might be a better choice for me than Mm -hmm. trying to be a road racer with, with him right now. Cause he's just, he's just too rambunctious. And, um, <laughs> I wouldn't feel comfortable looking out for taxis, looking out for him and all of that. So, yeah, but it's a good book. If you're interested in learning how to run with your dog, uh, or learning if your dog is, is the right kind of dog, uh, to, to be run because not all dogs are, uh, mm. but so it's, it's a really good book for basically knowing your dog well enough to know, uh, if he or she could be a runner. Uh, and if they are, it gives you kind of some guidelines on equipment and things like that. And so you can do it safely. Um, but as always, anything you're going to do r- running wise or otherwise outdoors is, is know your environment, uh, right. be safe, bring water for the dog. Yeah. Um, you know, now you got to carry your water and, and maybe the dog needs to carry some water, um, <laughs> you know, figure that out. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, so it's just, there's just, as you're going to do this, like any new thing, Go slow, have patience, uh, and now patience for two because it's not just you, but you also have to have patience that the dog is gonna is gonna get where you need them to be so that you can have safe and productive runs. Yeah, that sounds great. Sounds like a great book. Very helpful tips in there. All right. Well, Rachel, I will talk to you next week. Sounds great. Take care. Next time on the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we discuss why it's important to prioritize you if you want to get healthy and fit after 40. Until then, have a happy and healthy day.